Hi, welcome to Let's Talk Shit, hosted by me, William Harvale. This is a family-friendly, no it's the fuck not, all-inclusive, get the fuck out podcast where we talk loads of shit about stuff. I'm here today with my friend. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, I'm Ariel. I guess uh, I'm like an artist of sorts, <laughs> and I'm just excited to be able to participate. <laughs> yeah, she... Uh... She, in the words of Tupac, is a G-thang, so. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so gangster, that's me. Happy Thursday, everybody. Uh, yeah. How we all doing? How are you doing? Oh, me? I am doing all right. A little under the weather, but you know. Uh, who isn't in this city? It, it, it was winter on October 7th. Yeah, they are. I uh, went to the uh, I went to the EWU campus, and they were already playing Christmas music because it snowed, and it was a little ridiculous. Mm, Christmas <laughs> music. I love Christmas music, but I hate Christmas music. <laughs> it's doing it in October. <laughs> in October, it's a little bit much, to be honest. Yeah, let Halloween have its fucking time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, sh- I so want to wear a Halloween costume, eat my Thanksgiving turkey, and then listen to Christmas music all on the same day. That's totally what I want. Just it, it, It's just Nightmare Before Christmas with a turkey thrown in. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. That's... There are no seasons anymore. Global warming has destroyed Spokane. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm pretty sure tomorrow it could easily just be like 80 degrees and be totally normal. Do you remember, like, I think it was two, three years back when middle of goddamn April, Easter holiday, just it was bright, sunny, no clouds in the sky. And then in the span of 10 minutes, there was a foot of snow on the ground and then it stopped snowing. I do. For the rest of the day. It was so, like, out of place and random. Like, and I, I had the funniest conversation at the table I was at, too, because we were doing lunch, and just two two people at the table arguing about, like, babies or something. I forget <laughs> what. But, no, no, they were arguing about sandwich condiments, because somebody didn't like mayonnaise. I mean, that's relatable, but anyways. But then the snow happened, and his girlfriend was just like, you see that? You see that shit? See, God hates that you hate mayonnaise, because he just threw that white shit to prove you wrong. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's really good. I was just like, God damn it. Uh, Oh man, that is is funny. I can't believe that happened. That was like, and hasn't happened again, thank goodness. Like... I don't know if I, my brain could handle snow in April again. It'd be crazy. <laughs> Your brain handling snow in April, my brain handling snow any time of the year. <laughs> I think I'm a little in the um, in the outlier because I, I honestly do like snow. Like, I think snow is beautiful. I honestly don't mind it that much when it's cool. in, like, decent amounts, I guess. When you get, like, feet of snow like several feet of snow that's a little little too much yeah no i i I understand the enjoyment of snow like when it's 
pure white. It, it's a thin layer and it's very crunchy and it's all in the sky. It's really pretty. Like mm-hmm. I, I am not going to discard the art form of snow that <laughs> mother nature blends with, but when it's muddy, wet, freezing cold and ice underneath driving and walking anywhere in the shit (laughs) especially when you're walking to work for 30 plus minutes Mm -hmm. oof yeah no that same day that i uh that i heard the christmas music right i decided that was the one day i wasn't going to wear my winter boots that actually had like traction on the bottom (laughs) thank you thank you i know best idea 2019 and so i wore converse instead so i spent the entire time walking on campus just like shuffling little two inch steps because i was so afraid i was gonna fall on my ass <sighs> man oh i should probably turn on do not disturb on my phone i just got a text whoops <laughs> let's 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 not do that Ideally. Professionalism, only in podcasts. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it adds entertainment value, probably. Sometimes. So, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just looked on my Amazon earlier today. Sorry, this is a total sidetrack. But I just looked on my Amazon earlier today because I ordered uh, another set for my studio of mm-hmm. uh panels and lights and i didn't i didn't pay attention to the numbers or the dates or anything i'm i'm just so used to uh it being a week or it being a couple of days because of amazon prime mm-hmm. and I, I just got amazon prime like three weeks ago so that that just shows you how much i use it <laughs> welcome to the club um but there there was like a little notice I saw and it was like, we can't get this to you on your actual Amazon day. And so I looked at the day, not, not the dates, not the numbers, not, I looked at the day and it was like, oh, that's just one day later, whatever. That's fine. <laughs> and I thought they were going to be here on Monday. So I was like, awesome. I'm going to have most of my studio or if not all of it done by Monday. I was not right. <laughs> because... <laughs> They can't get the item to me until November. Oh, jeez. That is All not the, the first time. That is not the first time I have had an issue with these lights. Gosh. Like what? Like the end of November? or No, the, the first to the 25th of November. Oh, boy. That is a <laughs> so long... So it is just... It is just sometime <laughs> in November. <laughs> That is that is crazy. It's retarded. You ever you ever wonder what like why it takes so long? What's happening over there? I I imagine it's okay. So we don't actually have these items right now. Where we 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 can't make them as fast as people are ordering them. But let's just say we, we have them. them. <laughs> and then when they get ordered, we'll tell Amazon. Oh hey, we have a, a backup issue. <laughs> make more money and make it money 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 motherfucker oh geez that just reminds me of that dumb temi remix temgo colleague temgo colleague yeah or is it cooling 
It's colleague. It's colleague. Okay. Yeah. It's it's been a hot second since I've touched like Undertale or anything really related to it. Oh Even yeah. Delta I still wouldn't touch Undertale with a fifty foot pole on the internet. <laughs> that that toxic ass fan base, which is hilarious because all of the art and music and stuff that the Undertale fan base, myself included, come mm-hmm. out with is amazing. But you get them talking for any amount of seconds and it is the most toxic shit. It's so it is it's a really weird, almost like paradoxical thing, you know? Like, you just, you have these people who make all these, like, amazing things. And I don't think this is limited to just Undertale. I think this could be almost any fandom, really. That you have these people that make, like, amazing, beautiful works of art, music, and then, like, you get any group of them talking, you know, and it just turns into a shit show. Again, FNAF. (laughs) Oh, uh, that I I I haven't. No, no offense, there. no offense to Scott Coffin or nothing, but <laughs> he's making that cash money still oh, after dude. like how many years? Five, six, seven years. If I remember right, Markiplier's first episode of FNAF One was in two thousand and fourteen, so it's been five. five years. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, that what, is what like, I. Mm, what I want to know is, how does someone with no money, essentially, because of, you know, where Scott Cawthon was, mm-hmm. go from, I made this really shitty, horribly programmed game to having 50 games? <laughs> it is, the it's so strange. The internet grabs onto, like, the weirdest things, like FNAF or, like, recently the Untitled Goose Game. Which oh, is honestly a piece of art. Hearing and hearing about that. And it's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this again. I'm not <laughs> going for it. I'm not going to click shit. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's just a really wholesome game. Well, not, not really wholesome because you're kind of like a little asshole to people as a goose. But well, goose like... is, that's just how gooses are. So it is totally wholesome. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's it's kind of a different take on games than what we usually see, which is like, you know, triple a super high quality graphics, you know, like got all these like horror shooter adventure, whatever you want to have. Yeah, no. And then you have this goose game. Well, I, I, I definitely think that coming into the, I don't want to say like the two thousands, but like, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> you good? Um, but coming into the, like the late, I want to say, two thousand and tens, like twenty sixteen to now, mm-hmm. we're we're definitely hitting another generation of gaming, where, and I mean we saw it a little bit in the two thousand and five to two thousand and fifteen era, where, yeah, we had all of these big. T- you know, triple A next gen graphic games and consoles. But since Nintendo announced the Switch, indie developers have been getting heyday after heyday. Oh, and we're definitely. seeing a, a lot less of a surge of these hardware intensive 
over the top triple A games being what's super successful. And granted, they still are because they're triple A games for a reason. They're really good. But we're, we're definitely seeing more of the fun side of gaming coming back into the regular marketplace again, which mm-hmm. I am 100% for. Mm, definitely. Um, like, I think one of the, I don't know if it was one of the earlier games announced for Switch. I honestly can't remember that timeline very well. But uh, Cadence of Hyrule is a game I really want to play whenever I manage to get my hands on a Switch because it's the same people who made um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is an absolutely fantastic rhythm-based roguelike game. And yeah. I just it's amazing. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you guys for getting a game on the Switch that's basically Zelda meets Crypt of the Necrodancer. It's... I don't know. I'm just proud. Just, just Nintendo's like marketing right now. Like, well, I, I shouldn't say marketing, but like community aspect right now is so prime for shit like that to be happening. Because we got uh, Mario Raving Rabbids, which was something we like. Whoever thought that would have happened? <laughs> yeah. And then now we have Joker, Banjo Kazooie. Terry and Hero in Smash, you know? Yeah. Nintendo's reach to other companies, not even third party, but just in general now is so good. And it's it's creating all of these really nice kind of family put-togethers where, yeah, video game companies want to outdo each other and be competitive but that doesn't exclude them from each other and i think that's just really really healthy Mm -hmm. oh it is and i think it just makes people like extremely happy too especially in the case of like putting banjo kazooie and smash like that is like a lot of people like a lot of current people's like childhood memories and you're putting it into something that they currently enjoy or something else that they enjoyed from their childhood and it just makes this like crazy amazing feeling of like this is my childhood in one game this is awesome yeah it's 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 really nice and interesting to see that especially because now that it's happened it's like well now that microsoft has the power to get banjo and kazooie on the nintendo could we see a port of the first two maybe even nuts and bolts to the switch Man, that would that would be amazing, honestly. <laughs> Maybe actually get a banjo three, like an actual one, and not whatever Nuts they and decided bolts? was. Yeah, whatever that it was, because I I personally haven't gotten to play them, but I know from like talking like my boyfriend and some other people, it's just like that game was not what they wanted as like a banjo three. Well, and it was it was very rushed. No offense to Rare. Rare does a mm-hmm. lot of good work, but like it was extremely rushed. There were glitches abundance in the game, so you mm-hmm. can just tell. It's like Sonic 06 levels of why oh. does this exist? Sonic 06. <laughs> it's funny. I think Sonic 06 was the first PlayStation 3 game my dad got me. And I was like, oh yeah, cool, a Sonic game. And I started playing it. I was like, oh no. Can't get past the first area. <laughs> Health. <laughs> Why does this game suck so much? Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be better. Oh yeah, no, it's oof. <laughs> and, and then, 
And then we had Sonic 06 Part 2, Sonic Boom, Rise of Lyric. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel kind of bad for, like, the Sonic people because, like, the games just really overall aren't that good and usually are, like, glitchy or whatever. And then you have, like, these few, like, rare pieces, like, I think Sonic Colors is really highly loved. Oh, yeah, no, like, when when they stop focusing on the 3D and graphical fidelity of Sonic, and they take their time to make these small, contained, but really um, detailed and cared adventures, like Generations, uh, Colors, and even to some extent Forces, uh, they become, like, what Sonic should be. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to see that whenever Sonic wants to release these big titles, they rush them like they are to be big, grandiose adventures. They have no, almost no chance of meeting the quota that, uh, mm. you know, whoever runs Sega is expecting. Yeah, it, it makes me sad, too, because they these games... I feel like they have a lot of potential, but because of like the market and the world that we kind of build around, you got to release fast and you got to release often to make money and you have to just put a lot of stuff aside in order to meet all this, like, like you said, like meet these quotas and stuff. It's kind of sad, really. It definitely is. And it's something that I'm, I'm seeing with Pokemon, and I don't want to get into this because Gen 8 is going to be a a podcast to itself, like I said in the last (laughs) episode, but it's something I'm seeing with Game Freak now really, really heavily, and Mm -hmm. it scares me a lot. They have, like, they have, like, the new Pokemon coming out, then they have that Pokemon sleep thing, I think. Um, Yeah. Like, I think, don't they have, like, a third thing? I don't keep up very well with like a well, Pokemon Sleep games. and Pokemon Home are supposed to be like apps and it, essentially the successor to Pokemon Bank. Mm. So it's it's a whole kit and caboodle. Mm. But it, it's stuff like that with gaming developers that is becoming a problem. And it's why I think we're getting all of these retro, less serious titles is because when you just have fun with something and you can pump out the fun to an adventure that's not 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 necessarily necessarily short but mm-hmm. compact enough to be replayable it's it's almost a breath of fresh air than to be playing something new but it takes you 600 hours and a grandiose amount of forethought plus 60 dollars mm-hmm. just to enjoy i mean look at Look at the three most popular, like, reboots right now. We had Crash Bandicoot come back, Spyro come back, Mm -hmm. and Luigi's Mansion 3 is the most anticipated game for this month of all time. Mm. And it's... It's not... It's crazy. Yeah, and it's it's not because they're AAA titles, you know? They're, They're just ports with better graphics and, well... Luigi's Mansion's a whole new game, but that's a whole new game from something of people's childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're they're fun, easy games that you know you can. I, I assume you know just 
take some time, have fun with it, and then throw it out into the market. And people loved it. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's strange because um, if you compare like reboots in gaming to reboots in like cinema, they are met with vastly different like um, attitudes. Yeah. And I, I don't know if, like, I think that's kind it's, it's definitely a positive thing for like rebooting like old games, making them look better, making them accessible to younger uh, audiences or younger generations that didn't maybe have access to these games that people absolutely love. Yeah. But, but if you look at it time, yeah. in cinema, it's like everybody is trying to compare every last frame because it's it's a a medium where artistic value is valued more than the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. I think there's also this like um interactivity thing too. Like you can't interact with a movie really. You just go, you sit and you watch. Um and I think reboots of movies kind of just make you feel like, oh, I paid like however many dollars, yeah. twelve, yeah. fifteen dollars to see a so, movie I might have on D V D at home, basically. Well, there's there's that, but it's also I paid this money with the expectations of seeing something I've seen before again, but better. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing it and it's like, this isn't what I knew. And it's like, well, that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be. And Yeah. And then when you have your game reboots, you have this like interactivity where you can, you can honestly do the same exact thing you did maybe when you were a kid, but it's still you controlling it and you still have like the ability to maybe do something different, explore another area or like unlock different things. And it looks better, but it's still the same thing. Yeah. And And I guess it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really beautiful when they do that. But another like thing I feel that people love about game reboots comparatively is like, if somebody were, and this has happened before, you know, to like, remake or reboot a series in cinema or tv mm-hmm. and Com- they, Com- add disney. Of, they add a <laughs> bunch of things you know what well star wars is a great example mm-hmm. with the whole and i haven't seen it but I've, I've seen the backlash people are going on with the whole han solo movie destroying the lore because they add things but every time a game comes out that's a reboot and they add bonus bits and more lore to an old game with a reboot or a remake, everybody loves it because it's like, oh my gosh, I've wanted to know the answer to that for like years, or this is mm-hmm. so cool. This is a new area in, you know, we didn't have that before. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, it's definitely interesting to look at the differences because, I mean, everybody's a critic, but I don't know. It's it's so it's strange because I mean it could also have to do with cinema being the the old like entertainment media medium versus oh, yeah, there's games that. being the new medium. I don't so know. So there's less there's less of an open mind when it comes to movies because it's a very traditional thing to mm-hmm. be doing. It's a one dimensional kind of deal. 
but I, I definitely think the one dimension makes it a lot harder to connect with because you almost have to invest more of yourself into something changing mm-hmm. when there's only one dimension to look at it from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think about it. Almost every game reboot I can think of has done pretty darn well in some aspect or another. But I don't think I can think of any movie reboot that's done as well, maybe except for it. Jumanji and It. Like Those two are probably like better well, examples the, of movie reboots. And the thing about Jumanji, like especially, and I, I mean, I've heard like a million negative responses too, so it's not like a perfect mm-hmm. reboot of it. But the thing about Jumanji's remake that was really good is that it wasn't meant to be a remake. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel. Yeah, that's. They, I think that's what made it successful. Yeah, they took the same premise, but they changed everything about it. And so instead of walking into it thinking about, oh, this is going to be exactly, they, they hammered it right away. No, this mm-hmm. is different and you have to expect different. And I mean, it's nice they had that little nod to the original in the movie. You know, with oh the, yeah, having having the board show up, mm-hmm. like you it know, was, and it, I think that's a good way to um, harken back to the original content that you're referencing. Is to like maybe have a subtle little, oh hey, like this was in the first movie or whatever, and now we have it here, but it's not a main focal point. It's just like a little tip of the hat to the original content oh yeah and there there were little tips and nods to the original jumanji and even zathura you Mm. know i haven't thought about that movie in ages (laughs) well like zathura was the original sequel if uh anybody remembered it but then the reviews on zathura like tanked Mm -hmm. which i don't i don't see why i thought zathura was perfectly fine i mean the acting was a little mediocre but it was it was such a cool way of doing it instead of it being an old jungle throwing the premise into space mm-hmm. but the the main thing about jumanji that was super cool was you got not only to see all of the like little nods and easter eggs that were thrown back into it you had the video game element to it where the entirety of the new generation not only gets to re you know re-experience the concept of jumanji mm-hmm. they also get to experience in a form they're more used to experiencing things in mm-hmm. it makes the with... idea a lot more accessible oh yeah it does definitely and it, you also have this giant you know marketing you know spot you have four maybe five of the best actors in the world mm-hmm. put into this movie. You know, Kevin Hart, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Jack Black, and Nick Jonas alone being in a movie together would sell a whole bunch of people. But putting mm-hmm. them in this movie where, you know, all, all four of them have this massive presence in today's media it it just completes the movie in a humorous way that no other movie could have done. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I think, it was pretty brilliant, like, casting they did. It was just really spot on and amazing. 
Now, I do have complaints with the movie, of course. Like, mm -hmm. the whole... I, I mean, it's a joke. Obviously, it's a joke. Yeah. But the cake weakness was retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Uh, yeah, there were... there. I think there, in every movie, there's going to be bits where you're like... Mm, like, it made me chuckle. Yeah, it made me chuckle the first time. It's like, those throwaway gags are great for a YouTube video. Mm -hmm. But, like, seeing it in the movie, if I go back and watch that, I'm like, oh, that's not this as happened. funny the second time. <laughs> that's just kind of random. It is. It, yeah, definitely is. <laughs> or, like, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, like, one of my, because my mom, she loves that movie, like, to no end, she loves that movie. I don't know why. I have no fathomable idea as to why she likes it so much. What but movie? she, Jumanji, the set, oh, uh, the okay. new one. Yeah, I forgot to preface that. It's Jumanji, but um, she loves it so much, and she just loves uh Jack Black's character simply because it's a chick experiencing like <laughs> male anatomy, and I'm just like, mom, she will. She will literally, like, if I'm in the kitchen and she's down the hall, she will yell at me, Martha, come look at my penis. <laughs> and she will quote that, like, all the time. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, please. I just want to make my noodles. <laughs> oh. Don't. Not now. <laughs> Not now, girl. You have to see my noodle. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, it's, it's good that everyone's everyone gets something out of it it's i don't know it's good <laughs> oh boy well while we're on the topic of funny things art forms and video games uh mm. i want to give a shout out to my friend jansen nichols at the moment again i'm gonna do this every episode uh, for for a while but i, I can't <laughs> instate him enough He's the guy that did the artwork for this podcast. He's a really cool guy. He does commissions from time to time. So if you guys want to find him, look him up, Jansen Nichols. Uh, he's known as Germs the Artist as well. Uh, go show him some love. You guys need art. He's super pleasant to work with. And he's just a hell of a guy. Yeah, I love the, the cover art he did for this, uh, or like the podcast art thing he did. Oh, yeah, it's a cover art. It's but, really, it's really neat. I like it. <laughs> and there, there are so many things about it that, like, from the surface landscape of it, you just kind of like get the feel of like what the podcast is supposed to be. But the more you look at it, the more you see details that you know were were specifically done. Some of them I didn't even know about at first, and then like I looked into it and I was like, "Oh wow, hey, yeah, that looks." I'm I'm super impressed with this. <laughs> Yeah, it's it. It's one thing I really like about um, like people who do art and stuff. Uh, just like when they make these really nice pieces that just pull you in, and you can like look for a long time and be like, "Oh, look, there's this thing, and there's that thing," and then like you notice this whole kind of like story built around this one image. That's really impressive and really like ad admirable. Oh yeah. It, it's super cool and it, it's one of my favorite things about people that know their own style really well 
-hmm. is, you know, when you're coming up with art, you kind of just focus on the art. But people that have a mastery and a preference on how they want to do things can just very easily be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this fancy thing that, you know, nobody would think about doing because it's a personalized, like, flair or, you know, thing. And, ah, God, I just, it's so nice, especially the way that Jansen uses negative space in all of his art. Mm-hmm. He's so good at it. Yeah, positive and negative space mastery is pretty choice. <laughs> it's, any, it's any kind of mastery in any field is really good. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you look at uh, musical um, artistic mastery, and you know, not not everybody can master anything in music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I am definitely far from any kind of mastery on a lot of things, but. I, I'm finally getting to this point with my, uh, I don't want to say theory, but like just my listening that so long as I can find a bass note in a song, not a bass note, like from a bass guitar, but like a starting point note, if I can pinpoint what note it is, I'm, I'm very, very likely now I'm starting to pick up how I can just play things without needing to look up, you know? Is this part different? Is there some way to play this part? You know, I can I can finally hear it on my own and be able to replicate things. So I'm I'm getting a musical ear down for how I want to do things. And it's it's been really nice just being able to sit down and plan out ways to play different things. Mm-hmm. It's and yeah, I mean also like just years and years of practice and like like in your case, like, listening and practicing and, like, just experimenting has obviously has got to be super helpful. Oh, yeah. No. And everybody that I, that I talk to, they're like, I want to learn how to play guitar and write music. And it's just so frustrating. I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing to learn? And they're like, well, I try to play this one song and I, I, lo- I listen to what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine and dandy if you want to learn how to play this song. But... You need to branch out because if something's too hard or even if something's just frustrating you, you want to take other alternatives and just kind of experiment around because the more you find out how to do other things, the more they'll help you learn other things. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I struggled with building speed on my uh, finger movement for anything you know, doing rhythms was so much easier for me because picking super nice on a guitar. And I, that's the first thing I learned how to do was I was playing Metallica. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I always wanted to learn how to do solos first. You know, I thought solos were super cool. They're super fast. They're super fun. And I couldn't do it. And I was just sitting down today playing just a random song. And I was like, I'm going to improvise here. And I actually did like a really like, I wouldn't say it's solid. I probably missed a note here or there. But mm-hmm. every note I picked was hearable. It was very clean. Yeah. It's... And it's, just, it's things like that that help you improve, you know. Being mm-hmm. able to branch out from where you want to go to learn things that you wouldn't originally do. Mm-hmm. It, it's like... um. So I, like personally that's kind of like a 
tie in, I guess, somehow. <laughs> but um, segue. I've been uh, segue. Woo. I've been doing a. I've been somewhat successful doing Inktober. The past like week or so has been like really hard to find any time to do um, anything for myself, really. But um, I decided I would do something I never do, and I would draw characters or things that I am definitely not comfortable with like I usually draw like really cute like cutesy like girls and like flowers and just stuff like that but so far one of my favorite things I've done in Inktober is actually this kind of like weird monster man kind of thing and it's so strange because I never would have thought that I would have enjoyed it um because <laughs> like I usually hate drawing monsters I hate drawing guys like for some reason my brain doesn't comprehend how any of that works and yet somehow my favorite piece so far is something I never would have thought about doing in the first place unless I had oh. told myself let's do something new oh yeah Bran- branching out is one of the most fulfilling things ever because when you find a way to draw or write or play something that you don't admittedly like want to at first you know let's let's take me and the fact that I like alternative rock Mm -hmm. if I if I wanted to learn how to play a Taylor Swift song I'd be like oh that's gross but (laughs) you know I but you know let's look at um what are their name I prevail Uh, if I if I had found a song from like a pop artist that I didn't like or you know Mm -hmm. I, I just wasn't super keen on like playing but I did that that would be something I would do is the way that I prevail covered Taylor Swift you know that would make it fun interesting and it would be really fulfilling to say hey I learned how to do a style of music that I didn't necessarily think would be fun and I made it fun because I was able to put my own twist on it mm-hmm. and it, it's those kinds of things that are really good for artists because it lets them branch out and learn the things that they need to for mm-hmm. applying them in other spaces yeah, I think it's definitely, um, I think it's an important step in kind of learning who you are creatively and, like, learning what you like and what you don't like. Because it's, like, you, like, literally you don't know until you try if you like something or not. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the, that's, that's, you know, the whole thing about it. I just said that's 400 times in a row. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, you know, I never, I never thought in a million years I'd be doing a podcast either, you know, for mm-hmm. and you and you've known this for years. You know, I was always like, I want to do Let's Plays and music. And now I'm sitting over here and I'm, I'm trying to do live streams and I'm running a podcast. Like, when did I decide to do that? <laughs> I never would have done that. Yeah, it's it's I mean, from an outside perspective, it's really exciting to see someone like a.k.a. you. Um, like <laughs> trying all these new things that are still in like the pretty much like creative realm but are totally different from what you originally wanted to do oh yeah and it's, and it's just super interesting to see oh yeah and you know I still want to do those other things and I'll get to them but you know it, it's crazy seeing the evolution of when I started to want to create stuff to now I am creating stuff mm-hmm and it's it's funny. I was talking to Jansen specifically at a at a get together me and him did for the art, no less, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, God, 
it's going to be such a mouthful later in life if I ever get interviewed and they're like, so what have you done uh, in your job span? And I'll just be like, yes. <laughs> yes. And it's like, because, you know, not, uh, first off, I'm doing this podcast, which is obviously the first thing I've done with my creative name that's actually mm-hmm. out there now, which, holy God, that's a, that's a whole other market. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow, my name's out there now. Not too many people, but it's out there. Um, yeah, it's out there in the, in the universe, floating around. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when I, when I started in uh, middle school, I wanted to be a Let's Player. And, you know, I grabbed a shitty CBS camera that could take five minutes of video at, at a time, mm-hmm. put it up on a tripod and just recorded my TV screen. <laughs> and then I got bored of it and I went to music. And I, I've been doing music since, but I've never had like a way to put out my music. I did talent show here. I did talent show there. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm doing what I want. <laughs> and then I kind of dropped that for a while. I was like, I'm just going to practice. I need to practice. But, you know, coming up with it now, uh, I, I tried to write an album in high school. I dropped the album concept because, you know, personal reasons and life and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of drama was happening and I didn't need to do it. And then. As, as I became an adult, it was like, well, I'm going to pick the album back up and I've changed it so heavily. There's so much different about it. And I mean, you've already heard one of the tracks on there and mm-hmm. that's super unique to how I write. I've, I've never written something clean with such a contrasting like rhythm to itself. And I've, I was super proud of it. But, you know, going from the progression of I want to do this and only this to I want to do two things to oh I want to do three things to you know now I, I'm practicing being a bartender I love cooking I love you know uh, making mm-hmm. music doing video games I want to live stream I'm running a goddamn podcast and to top it all off I'm, I'm writing down this screenplay of this story that I have inside of my head so you know it's it's a lot and you know somebody I'm sure a lot of people, you know, if they first meet me and I like throw all of this down, they're like, I, well, it's funny because I actually had somebody say something about it to me because I, I'm talking to somebody on a dating app recently mm-hmm. and they're like, so what do you do for fun? And I, I went down that whole list of things and they were like, how do you have time? <laughs> and it's like, well, I just make time, you know, I, I don't sleep a whole lot. And that's probably a bad thing, but you know, it's just like so long as you're doing something, like time is irrelevant because you always have more time. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you need to do, get through what you need to get through, but do what you love doing. You know, so long as you're happy with what you're doing, you're not wasting time. Yeah, it it really is a lot like that. It's um. Just, uh, I don't know, just do what makes you happy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, it, it's, it's a very freeing feeling of being able to just sit and do things that make you happy. You know, I just recently uh, got out of a really bad situation with a couple of people. And once I decided, hey, I want to be happy, you know, I, I had a, a friend tell me about a couple of things. But I just, after a few talks with a few people and 
uh, about a month of just self-reflection, I kind of just sat there and was like, well, since I'm getting out of this situation soon anyway, let's just start doing things. And so I started setting up my studio. I moved my room around. And since I started doing those things, it's like, wow, I actually, I don't have to sit around and sleep all day and feel sad all the time and just go to work and feel dead for most of the day. I can actually sit and do stuff. So, you know, I, I write, I play games, I, I, I'm sitting doing a podcast, you know, it's mm-hmm. all of this fantastical stuff that's just, I never thought in a million years I'd have the time for it without, you know, somehow quitting my job. And it's like, no, you, you have the time for it. You just were wasting a whole bunch of it being fucking sad. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I don't really think it's ever too late to start doing what you like or like doing things that make you happy you know oh yeah no van gogh didn't become a painter until he was god near 50 yeah and he his work is just stunning and it's beautiful and everyone it's like world renowned yeah you know and that that's also another thing you know people are going to tell you your work is absolute crap why are you doing it and then lo and behold you know 50 years later it's 100 years later 200 years it's still amazing Mm mm-hmm like fuck fuck people's opinions just do what makes you happy something will work out eventually Mm -hmm. and i mean also try and surround yourself with people who are gonna like be supportive not drag you down and be supportive and be like yeah you got this and if you stumble or if you fail they'll just like help you get back up and you know dust yourself off keep moving yeah no and that's that's just where I've been, you know, it's like, I, I finally, like, started weeding out a bunch of people that I knew aren't, like, you know, doing anything in my life, and it's like, why do I have you on any of my lists? <laughs> I'm, I'm over it, and now that, I, now that I'm talking to all the right people, it's like, gosh, wow, there actually is a lot of support in my friend group for all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good, it's definitely it, good. It's a wonderful feeling. Yeah, just cut cut those cut those pieces of shit out of your life. You don't need them. You know, it's like cut the cord. It's not helping you any. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I that is that is that is not that is not an advertisement to if somebody is on life support, cut that cord. <laughs> Do whatever Do you think is right. <laughs> Man, I really hope. Oh, my dogs are going crazy. I hope this doesn't like. Oh, I can hear it, but it's it's oh, very man. quiet. It's it's very quiet, so it's enjoy not. Enjoy the sounds of chihuahuas. Enjoy enjoy the sound of unprofessionalism at its finest. At its finest. <laughs> I think until... I think though this gives it a little bit of a character, a little bit of a oh yeah endearment. It, it'll be funny. The dog episode. The dog episode. Just, just like, just like <laughs> you back onto the podcast, but instead of like doing it in a closed studio with mic setups and all that, just like have like seven dogs in a room and just Heck let them bark yeah. for the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think this has definitely devolved into fuckery and just oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> 
I have been William Harpale. If you want to find me on the internet, I have two pretty much handles you can go for. Uh, my Twitter is at William HRVL. And if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram, it's just William Harvale. If you want to keep up with the podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever you're listening to. And this will be up next Thursday again. Uh, spread the word around and do whatever you like. But again, I'm not your mom, but I might be your uncle. You never know. <laughs> Where can the lovely people find you, my dear? Um, I really pretty much only have a Twitter that I sometimes update. Uh, I should be, uh, my handle is at era the druid. Um, it's, uh, pretty much just art and me kind of just venting occasionally. So sometimes I post funny stuff (laughs) too. Oh yeah. Go check her out. Show her some love. She's an amazing person. Super interesting. She's yeah, she's just she. Ah, jeez, thank you. <laughs> of course. And again, this has been Let's Talk Shit. Go the fuck home. <laughs>